Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am going to be reviewing and talking about the first film by Robert Eager's The Witch. This movie came out in 2015, got a wide release in 2016. I will be reviewing and watching and talking about a uh, new Robert Eager's film every week. He's done three films so far. Uh, and uh, this film, The Witch, as well as The Lighthouse, I have already watched in the past, but I'm re-watching. And uh, we will be doing a re-review of The Lighthouse. It was one of the early reviews of The Ray Taylor Show when that first hit theaters. Uh, but I'm re-watching his films because I like to watch franchise movies in a franchise i also love watching movies from a director all of the films from a director really getting in the mind of the director and seeing their vibe see how they like to tell stories and robert eagers is one of these up and coming one of many up and coming directors who has a very unique style telling these horror films in a very unique way and i wanted to get into and appreciate so i could appreciate his films more uh, and starting off with his first film from 2015, uh, The Witch, which is written and directed by Robert Eagers, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, a young Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Ralph Ineson, and Kate Dickey. Uh, this is a movie about a family back in the 1600s, 1630s, New England. Uh, they are dealing with uh, and experiencing tragedies after being banished from a puritan village uh there's a lot of subtle supernatural elements to this this film uh the bulk i would say the bulk of the horror comes from the family itself and their specific religious beliefs uh and uh them trying to build a life outside of a community uh in a time where you know there's not a lot of support for it's very very hard living you know and, uh, you know, who's to blame? What, who or what is to blame for the tragic events that do happen? Uh, this is a movie that on my second watch, on the first watch, I, you know, I probably watched this movie, but I wasn't paying much attention the first time. Uh, this is, I mean, very stylish film. Uh, the characters are all speaking in, I would imagine, an authentic version of English that was spoken back then, which is very different from today. Uh, and in this viewing, I put the subtitles on, which I feel helped quite a bit more in me understanding, despite the fact that they're, I mean, they're speaking English, 
but they're using words in ways that we don't use words. They're using different versions of words. And it's kind of weird to, on its face, realize they're speaking a different version of English. Uh, but with the subtitles, it helps me to understand. And it's just kind of crazy that I can understand uh, what, how they're, what they're saying, uh, despite the fact that they are speaking English in such a different way. Um, but uh, I loved it this rewatch i love this movie and uh it makes me more excited to go through and watch the lighthouse again because that was a movie that i didn't really get wasn't really into i remember when i watched that movie i had gone to the theater after working was exhausted and was kind of fighting off falling asleep while watching the film which is very weird both of these films are and i'm haven't seen the huntsman yet i think it's the huntsman uh, haven't seen that yet, and I know I'm excited to see these movies because I really do enjoy Robert Eager's specific brand, if you could call it that, style of storytelling. Really bringing authentic, really bringing authenticity, a level of like extreme authenticity to these stories that are horror stories but in a lot of ways the human element is the most horrific element of of the movie uh but uh great performances great cinematography uh and really really transports you to that time and place which is you know which is great you know it, it definitely feels like you are in the 1600s seeing how insane life was to see and experience the level of religious fundamentalism existed in a family that was banished from a Puritan. So it's like they are potentially aren't even at the extreme end of what the religious fanaticism was of the time, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, Maybe if you've seen it uh, and didn't like it, maybe go back and rewatch it. Like, know that, like, he definitely does the thing, like, the Jaws thing with horror, right? You don't see everything. There are definitely memorable visuals in this movie, but a lot of the horrific things are happening in your brain because he's very like explicitly not showing you a lot of things a lot of close-ups of things and a, a very vague way of showing what's going on to where those events play out in your brain in a way that you couldn't capture in film you know like and, and that's the thing that jaws did so beautifully because you didn't see the shark it it made it far more horrific so i think he does that to an even better, more beautiful, more creative, more artistic sense than even Jaws, obviously. Uh, definitely a, a very different movie than a Steven Spielberg film. Uh, but uh, I believe that was Spielberg, right? I'm almost positive. Uh, this movie, Young Anya Taylor-Joy, which amazing. The first time I remember seeing her, I think Queen's Gambit really was the time where I was like, I... I want to this. She knows what she's doing after seeing this is like, oh, she's been doing this. <laughs> she was doing this way before. Uh, amazing performance from her. She is she, like our final girl for this movie in a lot of ways. 
to to kind of fit this horror film into the the template of of many horror films uh the dad is great he's got a great grizzled voice uh who i believe the actor for that is uh was it ralph innes is his name oh where'd these actors go uh yeah ralph innes playing william super good low grizzled voice of like his voice really expresses the the constant struggle to exist in this reality which i thought was uh i thought was great uh you have the family obviously being kicked out of this puritan village right it starts with them kind of uh being told to leave this village um yet this family that we're following we don't know what life was like in that village but we see what this family is like and what their religious beliefs are which seems to be very extreme but it's also in a time where we didn't know a lot about science and health and things so a lot of people are just ex defining their realities through these stories that have been developed in order to control people and it's interesting to see how horrific it would be to actually live in those times under those conditions where people believed witches exist people believed that like i mean there's people today in 2023 that have very I similar if not identical beliefs to these people right thinking that uh satanism and demonic things happen all of the time and that evil people are that way because they've been possessed by the devil or they're being controlled by the devil um so it's kind of interesting to see those elements of this film sad to see those elements still present in uh, modern society in a lot of ways which is kind of a kind of a bummer so this family they get kicked out of their village and they kind of just travel until they find a piece of land out that's just outside of this forest they're like this is where we're going to live right that is the kind of reality of what it was like back then you just kind of go to a place and maybe you move into a village or maybe you do this homesteader type of a life where you just say this is a piece of land i guess we could build a cabin here start a farm here and then that's what they did right they built this cabin to live in they have some livestock they have some goats they try to grow corn obviously things aren't going very well as things tend to do in horror films as i'm sure things tended to be in the 1600s north uh new england area you know not always grow gray no sunny days all overcast so it's always dark always gloomy things aren't growing crops are rotting definitely the the difficult side of existence by far um and like i said the human element of this is uh i would say far more horrific than these supernatural elements that are kind of tangential they're kind of peripheral to this story right the focus is really on this family 
and their daughter Thomason, played by Anya Taylor Joy, who is I would imagine I don't know if they told maybe they said she's thirteen, uh, but it was kind of implied that she's like of that age where she's starting to go through puberty. Obviously, her body is starting to change. Her brother Caleb has a thing where he's fixated on her chest, right? Which is another aspect of living at that time in that way, how you are secluded by yourself. The level and amount of incest that would probably happen at that time or happened at that time is just insanity. But you see this kid who's also, I mean, both of these kids are at a time in their life where they're going through these changes and they have nothing else around them all of the the only people in their existence are their family members um but yeah the uh, a lot of tension and horror mostly due to this family and their religious beliefs i would say um you know and it also deals with that feeling of being accused for things being wrongfully accused for th- things that you know you're innocent of Right. But there's no way to prove it. Right. Because they just because they believe what they believe and because they're so used to taking things on faith. Right. Not needing proof of a thing to believe it. So not needing proof to believe, not needing proof to put blame on. Right. A lot of cognitive bias going on as well. Uh, but seeing those circumstances kind of pile up on our main character, uh, Thomason, is is part of that, like, you know, it, it's the same kind of a thing like Shawshank Redemption. You know, you, you, you feel like just endless sympathy for this character that you know is just in a situation that they have zero control over and it's just getting worse, Right. And the witch aspect of this movie, which for the title of this movie, for you not to think that there's a witch, uh, this isn't part of the spoiler section, so I'm not trying not to spoil anything that there is a witch involved. But even that, like I said, is very uh, peripheral to this, this story, right? The witch is, in their view, to blame for a lot of things and might be true, most likely true to be blamed for it as well but it's not necessarily it's like the catalyst for the horror in a lot of ways but not the direct right it, it's the thing that that ignites these parents in being horrific in a lot of ways uh, versus the witch being the direct cause of a lot of this stuff which maybe uh, i mean there's probably ways to to uh to view this or to read this movie that might might be that but it's not like we are we don't we're not seeing the witch very often we see and when we do see the witch it's it's very subtle we don't see the details of what the witch is doing necessarily but we kind of get a sense of it which i appreciate it's that kind of that vague nature of a horror movie where a lot of that horrific stuff a lot of the details of the things you're seeing are happening in your brain. You're imagining them. But, uh, you know, really, really great in in that way. And like I said, the old-timey way of speaking, I highly recommend watching this movie with subtitles. It definitely helped me out a lot to just kind of 
keep pace with the things they're saying and what they're what they're talking about um and you know also the religious grooming that goes on right because their parents are super religious so and you see how that plays out and how in many ways causes these kids to be far more traumatized because of this religious reality they live in right a baby goes missing and the son is like well the baby didn't get baptized so the baby's in hell now and why is that the baby it's not the baby didn't do anything the baby was born into sin right these kids are like terrified that if they die that they're going to go to hell and there's nothing they can do about it because that is what their family believes in right those are that's the the reality that these religious fundamentalists believe in and that belief causes immense stress and trauma to these kids because life is hard and they don't want to die and end up in hell when they haven't done anything wrong right it's in very similar ways to Anya Taylor-Joy's character is experiencing hell on earth despite not doing anything wrong just her mere existence she's having to suffer hell on earth in a lot of ways Let's take a quick break right now to talk about, are you a fan of original artwork and live events? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder. This ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live. Follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the many faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. So, and, and it also just in general shows how difficult life is, <laughs> you know, having to chop wood, having to grow crops, having to, and how much of that life is out of your control, right? If you crops aren't growing well, you're not getting enough rain, you're not getting enough sunshine, you get there's rot taking over, there's things that happen to your animals, whatever. Like so much of life is so difficult, right? And and kids just it's you know, kids didn't survive a lot. That's why kid that's why people had a lot of kids, you know, cuz most of them didn't survive. And, uh, you know, we, that's really, I think, uh, expressed well in, in this movie of how difficult life was back then, you know, no support, no infrastructure, and especially the way they are, where they are no longer in a village. So there's no neighbors to ask for help. There's no, you know, there's no social services going on at that time. All you can do is just try and farm, try to trap to, you know, maybe sell some pelts, 
uh, do some hunting to try and get some meat, right? And just the the effortless nature, the fragile aspects of life, like how easily life can be taken away. Recently reviewed uh, the Apu trilogy, the Indian film series, where that character experienced a lot of what it's like for once somebody gets sick, it's like, just start saying goodbye now. <laughs> just being sick at all is kind of the beginning of the end when you're living that kind of lifestyle. Um, and also, while all this stuff is going on, you have these two kids who are also kind of experiencing puberty, which adds, and I would imagine is one of the causes for these parents to suspect you know, like all of a sudden your kids are acting far different than they used to. So to suspect them of being possessed by a witch or making a deal with the devil is uh, kind of an interesting aspect to just a normal life change. But considering you're living in a time where basic understanding of life and how people change and how the effects of hormones, the effects of puberty... Uh, is is really left up to your their imagination uh, and their their imagination especially being molded in a religious sense takes them to demons the devil witch possessions all of the worst kinds of uh, things all of the subjects of most horror movies really um, so kind of an interesting aspect of the movie as well i do want to talk about specifics so i am going to be spoiling this movie that came out seven years ago uh you know six years ago depending on when you saw it uh but to be warned i am going to be talking about spoilers i highly recommend checking this movie out uh, i watched it on hbo max but obviously go to the just watch app and type in the witch Watch it wherever you, you it's available. It's a, it's a great movie, but I am going to be spoiling it, so you have been warned. Um, the oh, like One of the early scenes, we see Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Thomason, just playing peekaboo with this baby, right? The youngest member of the family, this baby, she's playing peekaboo. And just the, the audio of how she's saying peekaboo and the way it's edited, terrifying right like you know something bad is going to happen like it is a it is a the scariest depiction of peekaboo right in the most subtle way and of course the baby gets disappeared which is like that is kind of the catalyst for a lot of this stuff this the idea that this witch stole the baby which you see and in is one of the many examples of how vague things are shown where you see that this witch has the baby and it seems like she's doing doing something to the baby in order to do some ritual but it doesn't explicitly show everything that's happening but it definitely implies what's going on and you even it even implies that this witch is flying away like there's this close-up shot where her you see the back of the witch's head at silhouette against the moon as it's seemingly she flies away right but doesn't explicitly it's very creepy what's going on just these quick little cuts of these things that are going on after this witch takes the baby and uh you know 
that that's that peekaboo scene just mixed with the editing is is kind of uh kind of crazy and um you see caleb on multiple occasions almost hypnotized staring at his sister's chest right just again like the amount the amount of incest that probably happened in those times where you're living in this big family and that's all you have in contact with right and this is a family that comes from england which the royal family well known for you know it's there's a a lot of even if you believe in the bible right let's just say the bible's real for a second uh and life started with adam and eve who do you think was having sex with all those people that was like that is a story of incest that is the the origin story of uh, humankind apparently came from constant incest if everybody came from adam and eve even after the floods of noah right like if you were to take the Bible as real, then incest is a massive reason for humans existing today, which is kind of insane, right? But also, you know, seeing seeing him ogle his sister in some ways, which is like he's probably going through puberty as well, and it's like, in those times when you're going through puberty you have very little control over your body in many ways right the amount of hormones that are pumping through a boy is insane you are you are in many ways possessed in those years i don't know what it's like on the female side obviously that is not how i identify that is not the experience i had but the possession and the kind of out of control nature of what you experience going through puberty is just kind of you know it, it can lead to like you know you staring at your sister's chest hoping that uh you get to see something right the way he looked at his sister i remember looking at other right that you you you're looking at something so intensely that you're almost hoping that you can move matter with your eyes right you have telekinesis in a way to just like i need to see a nipple now but you know it's uh still not a big part of this obviously because eventually caleb goes missing too but you see as this movie goes on you see all these different circumstances as they're piling up against thomason right anya taylor joy's character starting with the baby disappearing right they blame that on her she was the one watching the baby they blame her you have these twins which i think the twins are the creepiest part and thankfully as this movie goes on kind of confirmed (laughs) that they are they're very creepy seeing this when they're first when you first see them and they're playing with this black goat right it's like that is creepy and they're like these kids that are dressed up to look like adults so just the whole their whole aesthetic 
their moods, right? This, their, the fact that they are happy and joyful and playing. Meanwhile, everybody else is hating their life. That contrast is just like everything. It just, it's a weird thing that these twins are so creepy. And they accuse Thomason of, you know, being a witch, right? And Thomason just to play along with them and to scare them she goes along with it but you see how that in itself adds to situations that come back later where these situations are adding up and adding up against Tomlinson Thomason but she's just doing it to scare them right she's annoyed get, get out of here you kids are creepy as fuck um right which is them the beginning really in a lot of ways of the entire family believing that thomason is a witch that she made a deal with the devil like instantly you know the the caleb goes missing comes back they she's in addition to her playing along with these twins about her being a witch the mom's silver cup goes missing. So the dad is lying to the mom also, uh, despite the fact he knows she thinks it's it's Thomason, but he knows it was him. He also is lying to his wife about taking Caleb out into the forest, right? So a, a lot of these things that contribute to Thomason being the target and being to blame in some ways are are perpetuated by this dad that's not coming clean right taking not taking responsibility for for what he's done right and even before they instantly turn on her accusing her of being a witch right when you see her overhearing her parents have a discussion where the mom is like we need to get rid of her. She's horrible. We need. She's old enough. We need to send her to another family so that she can take care of another family. And that's just what life was like, right? And what seems like what happened when you were 13. For I mean, first off, women treated like property, right? And I see this all the time watching all these Indian films and how the culture in India arranged marriages. A lot of the times the daughters are basically sold off to these families, you know, uh, husband pays a dowry you know to the the their bride's family basically paying buying their daughter to marry at a very young age in those in those in all places in the u.s i mean there's still a lot of red states in the united states that would if not do allow for this underage marriage stuff to happen right but just another one of those things where her mom wants to get rid of her. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do turning 13, kind of the start of puberty, where a lot of parents probably wanted their kids gone. They don't want to have to deal with them as they're going through this puberty. But also it's a time where now these these women can are fertile, are able to ha get, you know, get pregnant and, and have kids. And they start early, right? Because that's just, it's just what they did back then. But to hear it, to hear your parents talk about first blaming you for stuff you didn't do, 
but then also talk about you like you are a burden on the family and they need to get rid of you and sell you off to another family. Maybe there's a family that'll take her. It's just like, you know, that's that's where I think the real horror of this film is for Thomason is how the all of the things surrounding her, this family she's in, but also the events, obviously, that are making them assume that it's her. It's kind of crazy. So then, of course, the the boy wants to go out. He wants to try and make things better, right? He wants to get food or whatever uh, to make up for whatever. And Thomason convinces him to go with her, right? To go into the wood. They take the horse. The dog goes along. They got a gun, right? The, the boys, like, wants to pro- help provide for this family so that they don't focus on his sister, right? So she convinces. And, of course, this creepy rabbit that keeps showing up, whenever there's an event happening, this creepy rabbit shows up. Shows up. She gets bucked off. And she ends up going back home. Caleb is gone. The horse is gone. Their gun is gone. The dog is gone. Right? And just another thing that they're going to be piling on Thomason she needs to she's to blame look she's the reason we need to get rid of her it's just it's just crazy you know and then you see Caleb being you know meeting this uh attractive woman that seduces him in the forest right clearly the witch and you see that when he goes to kiss her the old woman hand goes to grab him right so it's like it's definitely the fact that these people moved in next door to a witch is really the the problems that are being caused but this family is focusing all of those events on their daughter wrongly right which is it's kind of crazy but he ends up showing back up and of course the first thing they do is bloodletting right it, it's like you know everything was insane back then right the the types of health care they thought would help like forcing somebody to bleed is which is just crazy that like again in the year 2023 there is after you know we saw after this pandemic we saw all of these same similar types of cures quote-unquote cures like the snake oil type of stuff this bloodletting type of stuff all of these types of like old agey types of cures coming back to popular culture in a lot of ways and it's just insane to see how far we've come yet still so many of us are stuck in this past this this like ignorant existence where their assumptions of of like magical spirits and things existed because they needed a way to describe their reality and that's all they had but now we're in a modern age where you there's been so much discovery and so much so many lives have been devoted to understanding the world around us, and yet there's still so many people that will do this hocus-pocus-mumbo-jumbo kind of stuff, you know? So it's just like you see this kid who's like Caleb who comes back to this house, clearly messed up, 
whatever the witch did to him. And the first thing they do is, you know, cut a notch in his eye so he could bleed out. You know, it's just, ah, it's just, it's just crazy. And then he coughs up an apple, right? The, The twins, like that whole scene with Caleb coming back, he's sick. You have the twins going off, telling the parents, Thomason's a witch. And then the dad, like, I'll figure this out right now. I'm going to ask you some questions, Thomason. And if you answer wrong, I'm just going to decide whether or not you're a witch. Like this insane situation, right? And then he coughs up this apple, which it's kind of interesting, the connection that apples have with witches. I don't know what that comes from. I don't know if it's necessarily... Like an old thing from the Bible, like Eve eating the apple in the Garden of Eden type of a thing. I don't know if that's kind of the origin for that connection of apples being, you know, an evil symbol of a witch, you know. Um, But he coughs up an apple. And that's kind of the thing that triggers Thomason to be to be kind of the, the to blame for all this stuff, which is insane. You know, these parents just just instantly instantly assume okay yeah that makes sense thank you young twins thank you for telling me she's a witch so she must be a witch okay yes thomason now let me ask you some questions right which is you know the salem witch trials it's just how many people were died died because the this idea that witches exist and that you can just you come up with a a a way to test for that i don't know it's just, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. And then the twins get possessed, which is like, okay, right? Like I kind of, you know, they were creepy. I was like, I, I knew it. Something's up right there where they can't pray. They're unable to pray. But I do love the performance. There is an amazing performance that Caleb's character that Caleb has his death performance this mock like sells it so well it is amazing so good like in any other movie would not work but for whatever reason pulls it off completely pulls it off which is amazing let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor show, show fans fan. we're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. So, after those things, right? After Caleb dies... And then they're outside. Uh, Thomason's outside with her dad. I love how she like calls him out on his bullshit. He's like, dude, I'm being blamed for things you did and you weren't confessing to them. Right. Which is another thing that a kid will get. They'll get the balls to stand up to their parents and talk back to their parents. And in this case, 100 percent justified they have all of these things they're piling on thomason and she finally comes back 
and and tells her dad like listen you're the one who's lying you took the thing you sold your mom's cup i'm being blamed for that you took caleb to the wood so that's how he knew i'm being blamed like i took him to the wood right all of these things are your fault and i love that she you know calls him out on that right And of course, that scary rabbit, every time that rabbit shows up, you know, something bad's going to happen. The twins, scariest part, whether they're playing with that black goat or not, making songs about it. The moment where the goat attacks the dad completely got me, right? Completely got me. Like she at that point had told, right? She told her dads, like the twins are the creepy ones, right? They're playing with this goat. They're the ones possessed. Look what happened to them. They couldn't even pray, right? The goat, and of course the goat is a symbol, Baphomet, right? The symbol of Satan. And it's a creepy goat. Kids creepy. When the kids are like playing and the goat's like rearing up while they're they're playing with this goat, it's creepy like dancing the goat's like dancing they're dancing with this goat but when that goat attacks the dad is like completely caught me caught me off guard but also is like i already believed that this goat like i was on thomason's side like i was like yes that's probably what's happening right these kids are part of what's bringing this evil into this house but when the goat attacks the dad is like oh man it totally got me And then, of course, the dad boards Thomason, the twins, and the goat up, right? I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to cage you all in here. And then it's like that scene, what happens is like crazy. That's when, that's like, then this, that night, you see, one, you see the witch show up, right? Drinking the goat's milk. Oh, yeah, there's a part where... Thomason's milking the goat and blood comes out, right? Which probably is explained through a scientific reason that goats, something happens and that can happen, right? But of course, it's no, it's witch. You're, it's Thomason's fault. She's witch. But you see the the witch in the barn where everybody's boarded up, drinking the, the goat's milk. But the craziest part is when the mom wakes up and she sees Caleb holding the baby. And she's like, oh, you're here. Thank you. You've come back. Where did you go? And then she goes to breastfeed the baby. And the shot that is only on screen for a moment, but an image that will forever be burned into my head, is when you see that she is not breastfeeding a baby, that there is a crow pecking at her nipple. An insane scene that you see for just a split second, but will forever be burned into my brain, right? Then you see the dad praying, him eating dirt, right? You're seeing this, the descent into madness is just taking full, complete hold of these these parents, right? The mom crawling into the grave with Caleb, almost like for a moment thought that the dad was just going to bury her. Thankfully, he didn't because we get to see that insane scene with the crow. But it's just it's amazing. And then you see 
when the, the mom attacks Thompson and she's like, everybody else is dead. Like uh, we never really see what happened to the twins. Like they just kind of disappear the next morning. The barn is kind of blown open. The dad assumes it's Thomason, right? And that's when the goat stabs him and then punches him into this giant wood pile that he's been, every time he gets frustrated, chops wood, right? And then the only people left are Thomason and her mom and her mom's just freaking out, which she was doing anyway with her bloody nipple, you know, soaking through her nightgown or whatever. And how it ends, I found it to be great, right? I'm rooting for Thomason. I'm like, this family is horrible. This family is, I would say, the most evil aspect. Yeah, the witch is doing some stuff, probably manipulating situations here and there. But to see Thomason speak to the goat, it's like, I want you to speak to me like you were speaking to, right? Really clarifying that, yes, this goat is what caused those twins right confirming that and then seeing her write she doesn't know how to write her name so the devil is going to help her and then she basically becomes one of the witches i loved it i loved the ending of this right seeing her do that walking into the forest naked seeing the the witches doing their ceremony around the fire and then eventually flying up into the sky they're all naked flying up into the sky and seeing thomason it's like she's gonna be she's finally getting she's i mean if you can't beat him, join him is the end of this movie, right? She's assumed to be a witch by everybody in her life. Already received the punishment as if she was a witch in many ways. So why not? If this is going to provide her a life that is happy, that she's not going to be surrounded by like these Christian religious fundamentalists anymore, and that she can actually live a happy, free life... It's almost a happy ending, I would say, you know, her becoming a witch, her fulfilling the prophecy of what her family assumed her to be anyway. It's great. It's great. You know, way better. So overall, I mean, I, I thought the movie was amazing. You know, I loved it. Visually, it's amazing. The performances are great. Uh, it definitely put me in that space. Definitely made me sympathize with with. Uh, with Thomason's character for sure. Family far more terrifying than any of the supernatural stuff, I would say, despite the amazing visuals that you got to see. Uh, you know, just living in that time, especially as a woman, being property, just and and being a burden, constantly being reminded that you're a burden to the family is just brutal as well. Uh, I also love the vague nature of the supernatural stuff the way things were not shown forcing you to kind of fill in the gaps on your own um while also implanting burning images into my head that i will never soon forget right like we'll never forget that and all of the scenes like you can almost freeze frame any of these scenes and they're like a work of art like the cinematography in this is so so great uh and i'm super excited to watch his next films Right. I'm super excited to revisit the lighthouse because I didn't love it the first time. But now after watching this and remembering what I thought about the lighthouse, I'm, I think I'm going to love the lighthouse a lot more. Um, so I'm going to excited to rewatch that and do my first ever re review. The first ever I'm going to be reviewing a movie that I've already reviewed on this show, but uh, excited for that. And the Northman as well, which is a movie that 
uh, I've been wanting to watch, and this makes sense if I'm going to go through his movies to finish it off and see what movie I do, see what director I choose, what other up-and-coming director I choose to do after that. Um, but yeah, definitely, I get his vibe. I know how he likes to tell stories, and I'm into it. I'm into it. I really am. I'm, I'm a huge fan after watching this and excited to see the next two. Uh, but I want to thank you all for tuning in to this show, The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on The Witch from 2015. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment on your favorite podcast application or platform or on YouTube. Uh, and join me every Tuesday, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I already said that. Until next time. Enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.